Welcome to Season 3 of The Edge Conversations, a podcast series produced by the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland, a collection of personal and inspiring stories fueling IMB's pursuit of cutting-edge research. On New Year's Day in 2019, whilst on holiday in Malaysia, Tony Volmerhaus decided to take a photo which would change his life forever. After developing life-threatening blood clots, a torn patella tendon ended up being the least of his concerns. A few years down the track and on the road to recovery, Tony has some sage advice for all of us. Tony, thanks for joining us today. No worries at all. (laughs) It's lovely to have you. Um, You know, we're looking forward to jumping into your very, very interesting story. But I think we need to set the scene for our listeners, Tony. You're, You're on holiday in Malaysia watching the sunset from the shores of Penang Island. It's an idyllic setting, so you decide, as we all would, to take the perfect Instagram photo. What happens next? Also, I'll premise this was this was January 1. So first, first day of the year, everyone with their New Year's resolution, New Year, New Me, all of those things. I happened to stand on a thing, on a bench, so I could get higher up, even though I was on a, at a rooftop bar. And I somehow fell. The whole bench actually collapsed. And I fell knee first into a raised walkway that had metal plate on it. And then somebody from the bar staff ran over and snapped my leg back in place and then grabbed a tablecloth and wrapped it in a tablecloth. So your leg is snapped back in place. Yeah. <laughs> it's wrapped in a tablecloth. But where you were taken for medical treatment um, has, you know, a big bearing on your story as well, doesn't it? Yes, so so it what does. happened? They sent me to this hospital that the triage was actually on the side of the road. That's like the conditions that you were sort of going by. Got wheeled into this place. It was just horrendous and had to wait, had to go get x-rays. So I got an x-ray done. And then a doctor came and saw me and went, oh, I don't think you can get an ultrasound here. You've got, there's only one in the entire hospital and you'll have to wait 48 hours to get that. My recommendation is it's pretty serious. I think you've ruptured your patella tendon. And he's like, you need surgery ASAP. But the doctor told me that I should go home and have that operation done in Australia. So... How many days later was it that you got on a plane to come home? It was the next day. They put my leg in this back slab, the half-cast back slab, so plaster of Paris around from one part of the leg to the other, and then they just got it bandaged and bandaged it up. You get on the plane and you come home, and all this time you know your leg is sore, but you have no idea as to the gravity of your injury at at this stage. What happened when when you got home? We went straight to the hospital. I had to have an ultrasound. And they're like, yes, you've completely ruptured your patella. Um, You need surgery straight away. So then I was booked in for the next time, which was two, I think two days later. Had surgery, came back out of surgery. It was extremely painful. So this is about what? Four or five days post your injury by this yes. stage. Yes. Then what happened? By the time I got sent home to my house, for the next several months, 
stupidly painful experience. Like the pain was ridiculous. And were you going to the doctor back and forth during this time saying my leg is still sore? Every time I had to go to the specialist, I kept saying my leg really hurts. And then I had to start doing physio and I kept saying to my physio, it's really, really painful. And everyone kept telling me, you shouldn't be in this much amount of pain. I guess, you know, when you're emotional and when you're thinking about stuff, you're like, well, obviously there's, is it something wrong with me? Do I just have like a not very high pain threshold? All of those kind of things. And it was stupidly emotional. And I was also on like all kinds of drugs. And what was the moment that you or somebody else around you realised, hey, there is definitely something wrong going on here? It wasn't actually until this was May, so think five months. Five months. I started to get all these chest pains and all these kind of things and ambulance came, got rushed to the hospital. They did some tests, couldn't really find out what was going on, and then they came rushing in, jabbed me with something and went, I think you've got a pulmonary embolism which is basically a blood clot in your lung. This treatment that you received for this, obviously you're in a a state of dire emergency Uh where you need to be treated immediately. The treatment you received um, when they did realise you're literally on death's door ended up being a little bit of a double-edged sword. And why, why is that? They actually did a test the next day for me when they did an ultrasound and they actually found out that I had five other blood clots in my calf. But because they injected me with the stuff that they were supposed to do to stop all of those things now means I actually can't do other tests now to find out if I'm prone to clotting. So that just gives you that uneasy, was it just a cause of the fall that I had Mm -hmm. or was it actually something that could happen further in the future? If you had to design a campaign to educate people about the danger of blood clots, what would be the first thing you would want to tell them? Great question. I, I still think it's around that education piece that it can happen to anyone. I mean, there's so many things that you get tested on these days to find out if you have a certain thing. If you're prone to this occurring in your life, why is no one doing that for blood clots? So it's kind of that, you know, get tested to find out if blah, get tested if you find out for this disease or get tested if this will happen in your life because potentially this could kill you. Blood clots are the same um, if it is a hereditary thing and then is there any medication or anything out there that could prevent that in the future? Take those things now. So... There should be something around, one, get tested to see if it is a thing that would happen and then take preventative measures. It's like they talk about compression socks if you're on a flight, but does anyone do that? And if anyone does that, people look at you weird. But if it's a thing that can help save your life, do it. So how many years has it been since the fall and how are you going now? January 1, 2019 was the day. So I've kind of changed my whole lifestyle, which... I guess people, you kind of think of the silver linings. I think I just don't take things for granted as much anymore because you don't know what's going to happen. And somehow in recent times, I've got way into yoga, but it's all because for me, it's about helping with the flexibility because I couldn't walk. 
for so long and I couldn't even move certain muscles. So that's where yoga has been really great for me to sort of, you know, really help. And I think it's, I do challenge myself to get back to a hundred percent, if not even more than I even was. Well, Tony, we wish you luck. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a really interesting conversation and hopefully people who listen to it all take your advice. Put those compression socks on when you are on long-haul flights, people. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. If this helps anyone in the future, then I'm just happy to spend the time to do this because, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to go through the thing that I went through. Thank you, Tony. Thanks for listening to The Edge Conversations. For more information on the Institute for Molecular Bioscience at the University of Queensland, visit their website, imb.uq.edu.au.